does anybody know of that goodness this morning? Anybody know anything about the goodness of the Lord? Hallelujah. I cannot help but think Brother Steve McDaniel been away from God almost all of his life and in his latter years came back to the Lord but he struggled with a feeling like he had wasted his life and had not used his life properly and was always struggling with that feeling that he didn't deserve the goodness of God and he felt like he was just uh, struggling and one day on his way home from work driving down 288 uh, he he said I was just in that mood and I was just crying out to God saying God I don't know what to do I don't feel worthy and and the Lord stopped him and said hey if I took care of you when you weren't living for me don't you think I'm going to take care of you now that you are living for me oh yes Yes. Woo. <laughs> so whatever mindset you might have, just remember this. When you weren't even thinking about him, he was thinking about you. And now this morning, he is wanting to do something wonderful in your life. Amen. Thank you again for being here it is good to have our good friends, brother and sister Foster, brother Mark Foster, pastored in uh, Monroe, Louisiana, for years, and now he is—he's not retired; he's refired into another vein. And we're thankful that he could come and be with us, brother Foster. Come on, you're always welcome at Greater Life. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Woo, I do like what I feel in the house today. God is good, isn't he? Amen, amen. There's nothing like getting up on a Sunday morning and coming to the house of God, walking in and feeling the power and the presence of the Almighty, the way we feel Him here today. Woo! Somebody just praise Him again right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I magnify You. God, I magnify You. I lift You up. Hallelujah. Amen. Just before you're seated, why don't you look at somebody, and I know, you know, we, we're coming out of COVID or are dipping back in every once in a while, so either give them, I want you to give them a Holy Ghost high five or a Holy Ghost air high five, whichever way you're comfortable, and say, "Woo! I like what I feel. God bless you, and you may be seated. What an honor. It is to be back in greater life and feel the power, the presence of the Holy Ghost here. Amen. We rounded that curve down there. And Paula said, there it is. And this big old church just uh, looms there on the horizon. Uh, look what the Lord has done. 
why she wears a lot of hats. <laughs> I told her when this happened, I said, baby, I think you look great in a cap and a ponytail. But uh, this girl's been following me around for 51 years now. And uh, we actually met in Houston 54, over 54 years ago now. And... Uh, so, I love this girl. God's blessed me with her. And then I love all of you and, and love your pastor and his wife. And just thank God for them. And I know you pray for them every day and thank God for them every day. And I just want to encourage you and remind you just to keep doing so. Uh, how blessed you are. I want to preach to you today for a few moments. And my title is just two words. Simply... What if? Look at somebody and say, what if? Now look at your second choice and say, just what if? These are two words that I believe can change somebody's life this morning. 
through the power of the Holy Ghost. Can change somebody's family. Can change somebody's destiny. Somebody put it this way. They said, what if this dream that I can see could change how things are to how they could be? Two letters, that's all. If takes a chance and risks a fall. Others say why. If answers why not. Dares to take action. If starts with a thought. One little if in one little me to fight the current to swim upstream. If doesn't ask when, if says now. From here to there, if is the how. If starts sooner, stays longer, keeps the faith, gets back up, goes back to work. If sets the pace. So now I'll start, I'll begin. Without the start, there'd be no win. If counts the cost, a price to pay. Sees the potential, then seizes the day. If today, then tomorrow. Show something for the breath you borrow. Take a leap, just a step, growing old without regret. Tell me now, what's your what if? What will it take for you to scale the cliff? You have the vision, make it come true. Sometimes that what if is you. In the end, it goes to show there's no telling what one what if can grow. Finish what you start Then time has come to dream again. Who knows what a dream or a day will bring? What if this changes everything? I'm preaching to somebody today that has some what ifs in your mind, in your brain. Some of them have been there a long, long time. And God is saying today, it's time that you step out in faith on your what if and see what I can do. In all, on August 15th, uh, 1987, Howard Schultz was faced with the toughest decision of his life, whether or not to buy a small chain of coffee houses with a very strange name, Starbucks. Knowing what we know now, it seems like a no-brainer, but it really was a strange name back then. And to Schultz, the $3.8 million price tag felt like a case of the tadpole trying to swallow the whale. And in his memoir, Pour Your Heart Into It, the architect behind Starbucks reflected on his what-if moment. And here's what he said. Listen closely. This is my moment, I thought. If I don't seize the opportunity, if I don't step out of my comfort zone and risk it all, if I let too much time tick on, my moment will pass. I knew that if I didn't take advantage of this opportunity, I would replay it in my mind for my whole life, wondering, what if? And Howard Schultz made the defining decision to give up the safety net of his $75,000 a year job to pursue his passion for all things coffee. And Starbucks stock went public five years later on June 26th. 
1992. It was the second most actively traded stock on the NASDAQ that day. And by the closing bell, its market capitalization stood at $273 million. Not bad for a 3.8 million dollar investment by a $75,000 a year man. And Starbucks now has over 33,000 stores in 76 countries with revenues topping $24 billion and over 350,000 employees. And by conservative estimates, Starbucks sold 4 billion cups of coffee last year, not to mention the other 87,000 possible drink combinations. And every sip of every drink started with what if. And so I'm talking to somebody right now. God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly where your family is. God knows what's going on in your life. And God is challenging somebody today to step in by faith to your what if. A favorite poem of mine, it became a favorite when I was a teenager, was If by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired of waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet, don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with both triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools. Or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your term long after they're gone. And so hold on when there's nothing left in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you. If all men count with you but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. And so I'm asking today, I'm asking somebody today, under the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, what is your what if? God is ready to do some miraculous things in your life today. 
in your family today, on your job, in your career, in your university, God is ready to do something powerful if you'll just say, I'm going to step out into my what if. A little lady named Rosa Parks in Montgomery, Alabama said, What if I refuse to sit at the back of the bus? Martin Luther King lived, breathed, and passionately pursued his what if. He didn't miss his moment. He didn't miss his what if. And Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King, their what if literally changed the world. And so I'm preaching to somebody right now. One little if can change the sequence of your life. It can change the destiny of your family. Life is simply nothing else than Choices are decisions, the sum total of them, either good or bad, and they all have consequences. I'm declaring to somebody right now, you are one if away from an alternate reality. You're one if away from letting God literally change your life. So what if you start praying? And what if you pray this prayer, God, instead of praying for the answer, I'm praying, make me the answer. Make me the answer to someone's prayer. God, use me. What if you share your testimony on the job, at the university, or or with your friends every day? What if you step up and share your story? What if you just go ahead and teach that home Bible study? What if you start every day looking for a divine appointment and looking for those appointments throughout your day? What if you become the catalyst in this great church for a wonderful revival that this community has ever dreamed of? What if you decide to be the most joy-filled person walking on to your job tomorrow? What if, what if you show the love of Jesus absolutely every day? What if you go back to college? What if you go ahead and start that business? What if you just go ahead and step out on faith? There are 1,784 ifs in the Bible. And my favorite if is Romans eight thirty one. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm preaching to somebody. The devil tries to tell you that God is against you. But that is a lie from the pit of hell. John 8, 44 says Satan is a liar and the father of lies. The truth is not in him. I'm telling you, God is for you. God is with you. God wants to do more for you. 
God wants to blow your mind and boggle your brain this morning. Romans 5 and 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even when I was against him, he was for me. Woo! Hallelujah! And so today, we need to surrender it all to Him. There's a couple here today. In Pastor and Sister Hughes. I don't know how many years ago it was. But God put a great what if in their heart. And they said, what if we go ahead and assume the pastorate uh, of this little church uh, that can't pay us a salary, that, that doesn't have a whole lot. But what if uh, we just step out on the dream that we're dreaming? What if uh, we step out on the vision and look what the Lord has done? He said, what if uh, I keep trying to get that property? What if uh, I keep trying to get that great location? And one day that what if opens up and now look where you are out here on this major thoroughfare in these beautiful facilities uh, and you see what if they had not made the right decision what if they had not come where would some of you be today but because they're dreamers they're mountain climbers. They're visionaries. And they stepped out on a great what if and on a powerful dream. And God has brought this to fruition. And I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's not too late to step out on your what if. It's not too late to say, you know what? God's got something great in store for me beginning right now. And this morning, in this Sunday morning, Morning service on July the 31st. I'm going to step out into my what if. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now in Isaiah 43, God made three astounding statements that I love, that will help us all with our what if. The first statement that he made, number one, God said, hey, I've got this. Well, he didn't actually say it in those words. That was the book of Mark and not the book of Mark that's in here. It's the book of Mark that's standing here. In fact, there's two wonderful Marks here today. God said, hey, I've got this. And here's how he actually said it. Isaiah 43 and 15, he said, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. And so before he made any promise, uh, he said, I 
am. He gave his ultimate title. But he went on and he said, I'm the Lord. I'm the Holy One. I'm the Creator. And I'm the King. And I'm preaching to somebody today. He is your I am. He is your Lord. He's your Holy One. He's your Creator. And He is your King. You see what he's doing? He is giving his resume. He's giving his qualifications before he makes a promise. And I like to remind the devil as he tries to work in my life. I say, wait a minute, devil. You don't know who's got me. Devil, let me just remind you. The I am that I I am has me in his hands. He's my Lord. He's my Holy One. He's my Creator. He's my king. Somebody today in the middle of your valley, climbing your hardest mountain in your darkest night needs to begin to remind Satan, Hey, the I am has me. And the I am has this. And so what is your what if? That you need to believe him for. Can you see it in your mind's eyes? Don't put your faith in man. But put your faith in God. Hebrews 13.5 I will never leave you nor forsake you. Too often we say, hey I've got this. uh, When we ought to be screaming, hey my God's got this. Uh, Somebody needs to tell the world. Somebody needs to tell hell today. Hey my God has this. And my God. God has me. It was 1981. Paul and I had moved our boys into that little trailer that had bullet holes in it. Paint was peeling to the bare metal on the outside. Screens were dangling, but it was cheap. And God had called us to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, to raise up a church. Don't have time to go into all that story today. Maybe that'll come at a later time. But we had, we had made it livable. We had made it nice. And somebody had built us a little wooden porch, some steps and a little porch. And so I'd been teaching Bible studies. I'd been in and out of places of businesses and in and out of homes all day. And so I walked up on that little porch. The boys were playing there in the yard with some buddies. And I, I said hi to the kids, talked to them a little bit, and then walked inside. And Paula, I noticed, was setting our china that we had gotten uh, as a wedding gift on the table. And we'd been there less than a year, and we had never, she'd never used that china in that little trailer. We'd been married now. Ten years, I think. Yeah, ten years we'd been married now. And we'd never used that shine in that trailer. So I thought, well, something really special is coming down the pike. And, you know, uh, I looked and she was just setting a little dish of hominy, a little dish of carrots, and a little dish of green beans on the table. And she said, hey, babe, call the boys. We're ready to eat. And I looked at the table. And I looked at the stove. And I went over and I opened the oven. Nothing there. Nothing on the stove. I said, baby, baby, baby. I said, where's the, where's the beef? Or the chicken or the fish or anything. 
and tears started coursing down her pretty little face. And she said, Mark, she said, this is the last we have in the house. We don't have any bread. We don't have any milk in the fridge. We don't have any cereal. We don't have anything to feed our boys. We'll send them to school tomorrow hungry with no breakfast. But she grabbed my hand and she said, but Mark, she said, don't ever forget. God's got us. God called us and God's going to keep us. And we lifted our hands right there and we gave God glory. I'm telling somebody when it looks impossible, raise your hands and say, God's got us. God's got this. God's got me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we called the boys in. They didn't know any better. They they ate and, and we put them to bed and they woke up the next morning. The real miracle, Pastor, is that they weren't hungry the next morning when they got up. That may be the only time that ever happened. And so I went on to that little church building and... Uh, I was waiting on a phone call from the school. Why are you mistreating your boys and sending them to school with no breakfast? And the phone did ring about 10 in that little church. And I picked it up and I said, Heaven View. And my pretty little wife was just rejoicing on the other end. And she said, Mark, Mark, come home quick. She said, I just got back from the mailbox and said, somebody we don't even know said they had heard about us and they felt like they needed to send us a $50 check. Let's cash this check and let's go buy groceries. I'm preaching to somebody. God knows where you are. God knows your need. I'm preaching to somebody. God God's ready to walk into your what if. God knows exactly where you are. And God's got this. And God's got you. Woo. So number one, hey, I've got this. Second thing God said in that 43rd chapter of Isaiah. He said, hey. I've done this before. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah, yes. And the way he said it, Isaiah 43, 16, thus says the Lord, watch close, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. And God is reminding somebody here today that I've been here before and I've done this before. Why are you waiting? God is saying. He's saying step on out into your what if because I've done this before. There are no surprises with God. God knows where you are. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God's wanting to remind somebody that he's never been surprised. He's wanting to assure somebody that you can trust him. My question today is, do you 
believe it. Uh, I'm saying you've got to drop your anchor somewhere. And I'm dropping my anchor today, Pastor. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. God has been here before. My situation, my circumstances uh, are no surprise to Him. Woo, I feel faith rising in this house. Ha-ha. Discouragement is spiritual amnesia. We lose faith because we forget about the faithfulness of God. That last song they sang, one of my favorite, all-time favorites songs. Never forget. Paul and I were sitting in that little office in that little church building in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We'd only been there for 10 days. We rolled out, Paula did, she rolled out a pallet on the floor. We put our boys in, in on the pallet and we slept on another pallet and plugged, it was February, and plugged a little heater in to stay warm. And every day when I went to the mailbox there at that little church, there were letters to the church from lawyers and collection agencies. And I didn't know all that. It's a good thing I didn't because I don't know whether I'd have been there or not. Just got, got to be transparent. All right? But I was finding out. And on the 10th day, a man came by the church. And I was in that little office and Paula was there. And, and he dumped, he had a big old brown paper bag. And he dumped it out. And it was full of bills. And the bills just scattered out across that desk. And to me, it looked like a mountain on top of that desk. And, and then he left. And the, the, the devil was talking. The devil pastor jumped on my shoulder. And he said, hey, preacher boy. He said, you and your family have done pretty good so far. But said, it's time for you to load your family in that car. And you hook that U-Haul trailer where you brought all your belongings that you had in this world into this town. You hook another trailer. You get out of here because if you don't, everybody's going to know that old Mark is a failure. And I was listening. That's the sad thing. It's a tough thing when a pastor and his wife are discouraged at the same time. And that's one of the few times we were. I was sitting behind that little metal desk. Paul was sitting on the other side. About that time, the door creaked open outside. The outside door creaked open. And some folks, you know, some some folks say I'm a little wired. Where would they get that? So normally what I would have done, I would have jumped up and went out to see who it was and welcomed them in. But I was discouraged and I just sat there with my head hanging. And in walked an old drunk. And he started trying to find me with his finger. And he took a couple of steps back. And he said, Preacher, 
And he kept trying to find me. And finally, he anchored himself, pastor, against the doorpost. And he said, preacher, said, God sent me. In my mind, I looked up and I said, thanks a lot, God. And suddenly the drunk was stone cold sober. And he said, preacher, God sent me. And God told me to tell you that he has sent you here. He has called you. He's going to keep you. You're going to build a church here. He's with you. And don't you think about leaving. jumped up as one. I ran around that desk after he walked out. We were shouting. We were talking in tongues. We were laughing. We were crying. I'm telling somebody, God knows exactly where you are. I'm telling somebody, God knows the position you're in, the situation you're in. He knows where your family is. He knows what's going on in your life. But I'm telling you that he's been here before. And it's time to step out on your what if. And the old drunk was drunk again. And he took a couple of steps backwards before he could start going forwards. And over his shoulder, he said, Pray for me, preacher. And out he went. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then number three. God said, hey, I've got this. God said, hey, I've done this before. Number two. Number three, God is saying today to somebody, Hey, I'm going to do something new and powerful. Amen. <laughs> I felt that right there, folks. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. This is the way he said it. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold. That means watch this. He says, watch this, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'm preaching to somebody right now. God's getting ready to do a new thing in your life, in your family, in your career, on your job. My God's got this. Oh, he's ready to do something for you. Woo! Ha-ha! I feel faith rising in this house. I said, I feel faith rising in this house. Uh, God's ready to do something powerful right now. Amen, amen. I got more preaching to do, but I believe God's ready to do something right now. I want us all to stand right now. My God is in the house. And I've got to understand, there's a lot of negative what-ifs that some of you got to quit saying. Oh, what if I'd done that? Or what if I'd have just, oh, what if, quit saying those. In Jeremiah, 
The Lord told Jeremiah in that first chapter what he was going to do through him. And Jeremiah said, oh, no, no, I'm just a child. I I can't do this. And God told Jeremiah, quit saying that. And so I'm telling somebody right now, quit saying that. I'm telling somebody right now, quit looking in the rearview mirror and start looking through the windshield. There's a reason the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. Quit dwelling on the past and say God's getting ready to do a new thing. Oh, I feel the power and the presence of Almighty God. Somebody raise your hands and surrender right now. And raise your voice in faith right now. Yes, 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 yes. What is your need today? What, what is it that you need? In your life so deeply, so drastically, so dearly. What is your what if? I'm getting ready to step out on my what if today. Do you have a spiritual need? Do you need the Holy Ghost? Do you, do you need to be baptized? Do you need to be refilled with the Holy Ghost? Do you need to just crawl closer to God? Number one, do you have a spiritual need? Number two... Do you have an emotional need? Is there something there that's happened in your life? Maybe yesterday, maybe 40 years ago that I've not been able to get over. I've not been able to get through it. Uh, God's here today. You got to step out on your what if. Uh, so if you have, you, you, you have a spiritual need, you have an emotional need. Number three, if you have a relational need with, with a spouse, with a child, with a parent, with a family member, with, with, with a co-worker, with a neighbor, with a friend. Number four, do you have a physical need in your body? And number five, do you have a financial need? That covers everything. Spiritual, emotional, relational, Physical or financial. Whatever your need is. Whatever the need is. And we've all got needs today. I want you to step out really quickly. And I want you to bring them to the Lord. And I want you to step out on your what if. And say, God, send a preacher by to talk to my heart today.